This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Okie dokie, folks. Welcome back. And for the next hour, we're going to be just talking about gardening. i got Kevin Farrell, the esteemed Kevin Farrell, is uh, is our phone greeter today. And uh, Liz Gill is the producer today. Liz, how are you doing? Oh, Felder, I'm doing great. How are you doing today? Doing fine. It's a lot warmer in England than it is in Mississippi. Man, man, we have a little uh, kitty waiting pool in our backyard for the dogs, and it was frozen solid. Oh, that reminds me. I've got a couple of uh, water gardens, and I've put some goldfish in. I've got a, one of my, my main water gardens, Liz, is a, uh, it's sort of, I guess you call it a horse water trough. It's about four feet diameter and about two feet deep. It's a metal, one of those galvanized metal things. I spray painted it. It looked nice. And, but um, I put some goldfish in it back in the fall. I wonder how they're doing. Because I, I did turn the waterfall, uh, the water, uh, I got a little fountain because I found out if you leave a fountain running, it freezes. It freezes the fountain. So uh, anyway, it's going to be cold tonight. No question about it. It was cold last night. Nippy, nippy. Yep, that's okay. This is normal weather. I know we get, sort of got used to having roses blooming uh, right after New Year's Eve, but uh, this is this is a normal winter. You know, a lot of people, I, I'm, I'm, I'm getting emails constantly from people who are worried about covering their plants up and all like that, and in general, you know, unless it's going to just get down to the upper 20s for a few hours, covering plants just makes people feel a lot better. Um, I, I do have some plastic sheeting that I, and I've got a little, sort of like a hoops, like on a covered wagon over one of my raised beds. If i got lettuce and stuff, I'll throw some, some uh, that sheet plastic over there just to keep the wind off. But in general, if it's going to get down to lower 20s, covering plants not going to help. And forget putting Christmas lights out there. They don't give off that much heat. But anyway, people are going to do what they want to do. And if you want to give us a call and talk about it, uh, you know, this is a, a perfect opportunity. It's, um, it, you know, it's weird weather. Not a whole lot you can do out there when you think about stuff, ordering seeds and all that. But if you just want to talk about what's going on in your garden right now, it's a wonderful time. I won't try to sell you anything. And if I don't know something, I'll admit it and I'll look it up or I'll, somebody else will help us out. But this is a live program here on MPB. If you want to give us a call, it's toll-free, one eight seven seven mpb ring uh, Liz, I want to ask you this. Uh, you know, you you host the uh, the financial program. You host the uh, the legal program. You also you do um, autocorrect the, the the automobile thing. Do you think that Coach would be willing to take my old truck for a spin this spring? Oh man, you know he would. Uh, actually, Kevin Farrell hosts the 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 money talk. I'm the the coordinator. I'm the Java of uh, of the money talk. But I do host the uh, financial show and or uh, the uh, legal show and um, our uh, autocorrect. But yeah, Coach Charlie uh, Charlie Melton was the uh, instructor at the Clinton High School automotive program, and he has such a great soul for teaching. And I'm sure he'd love uh, to get a look at your truck. Well, it's mostly I wanted to see what my steering is like. You know, it's a 1988, and it's got the, the garden in the back and all like that. But I think that'd be a lot of fun to get, to get Coach to drive it around and tell me what he thinks about a 1988 suspension with a, with a garden in the back. But 
anyway, we're, we're going to be talking about gardening, and I wanted to throw out a couple of things because a whole lot of people are concerned about what they can do this time of year. And the truth is, you know, the upper 20s, the mid-20s, even the lower 20s, a lot of our normal plants can take it. Uh, you know, the violas, the pansies, the hellebores that are starting to bloom, even the, the daffodils. Some are going to get nipped, but camellias and things, they're not going to be damaged at all. Most of our plants made it just fine through 9 degrees in Jackson a year ago. So uh, we may lose a few flowers, but that's sort of the way it is. Uh, I did want to ask you one thing in particular, though, Liz. You said that the uh, Japanese magnolias, the big pink magnolia, you say they're blooming right now. Oh, yeah. That's kind of my first uh, harbinger of spring or whatever you want to call it. Um, And I pass it on my way to work. That and, oh, what do you call the bushes that have the little tiny red flowers on spindle leaves? Is that a japonica? Uh, No, with a a little low-drawn bush, that would be the flowering quince. Yeah, yeah. There's a little bit of that going on, too. Yeah. Well, in my opinion, and this is based on decades of observation, is when the Japanese magnolias, the pink magnolias bloom, I think they actually cause a freeze. <laughs> that, that's just my theory. Anyway, let's let's see what's going on up in the uh, up in the northern part of the state, up in Oxford. Jackie, thank you for calling. How are you this morning? I'm great. Thank you so much for your program. I can't sure. tell you how well, much I enjoy it on my drive. <laughs> Well, thank you for being part of it. What you got going on? I'm calling to ask about um, some black, almost looks like mold, on our crepe myrtle. And I tried to look it up, and I read that it might be scale. But I'm wondering what I can do to help the crepe myrtles in the spring. Well, there's a couple of things. And, uh, and, and let, me, let me tell you, crepe myrtles get, you know, there's quite a few things that get on crepe myrtles, including what are called lichens, this sort of scaly gray, frilly-looking things. That's normal on any kind of plant. And if you see those, not a problem. Those things grow on rocks and tombstones. So it's not a problem to have lichens, L-I-C-H-E-N-S. But if your plants were covered with this black sooty mold, I mean the trunks and the stems and everything, and the new growth is kind of crushed with these little small white bumps. I mean the the uh, crepe myrtle bark scale, they're really small. They're about the size of a, a, of a period in a sentence, not much bigger than that, and they're white. If you see those on there, no question, it's, it's the uh, the crepe myrtle bark scale. And unfortunately, there's only one thing that's effective, and it's, um, it's it's expensive, and it's temporary. It lasts for a year or two. And it's a type of insecticide that you put on the ground in the, in the spring, March, April, or May. That's the best time to do it. It's absorbed through the roots into the plant, and it, and it poisons the scale as they suck sap in the summertime. So the the systemic insecticide at every garden center knows exactly what you're talking about. It's only effective if you put it out in late March, April, May, maybe the first part of June. That's the, the time when plants are, are pulling stuff up into the plants. And it'll, it'll work for a year or two. Keep in mind, though, uh, that's also the, one of the most poisonous insecticides on earth for bees and ladybugs and stuff like that so it's just going to be your call there's nothing else that works effectively nothing okay is there anything you can do to prevent the scale from happening nope yeah okay get rid of your crepe myrtle <laughs> get, get get rid of your crepe myrtle. So this is a serious problem. you know I, I work with the crepe myrtle society of america yeah, this is not none of this in my opinion mississippi state texas a&m university of georgia they've been doing unbelievable research on it and in texas 
which has two of the largest collections of crate myrtles on Earth, they can't control it without using these real powerful insecticides. In a bait, if Texas A&M can't do it, and the mm-hmm. crate myrtles and the crate myrtle society of America can't control it, I'm going with what they say. So, unfortunately, it's using the systemics in in the, the uh, in springtime, and that's about it. All right. Well, thank you so much. Sorry. Appreciate your Bye. call. Ooh, hate to hate to have such negative sounding news, but you know what? I don't sell stuff. I'm gonna call it like I see it. But anyway, let's slide down to Hazelhurst. Larry, what's going on? Yes, uh, our house has a large side yard on each side, about an acre and a half, and I would like wow. to plant a live oak tree on each side. Uh, where do I buy a live oak tree to plant? Let the next generation enjoy it. <laughs> Well, almost every garden center. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't think there's not any, any big garden centers in in, uh, in in Hazelhurst, but in Jackson, Hattiesburg, any of the regular garden centers, it's a pretty commonly sold tree. So you should have not- problems with finding one. But let, let me let me mention this, Larry. You're talking about next generation. If you want to get the fastest tree, the biggest, the fastest, the sturdiest, all around. Believe it or not, a small live oak tree will outgrow a bigger live oak tree every single time. It gets established faster, it'll get better rooted, and it'll grow up and out much quicker than a more expensive older one. I I worked at a tree nursery before I ever went to Mississippi State and studied horticulture, but I wouldn't think of planting a live oak tree that's more than four, five, six, seven feet tall. That's the biggest I'd plant. And if you dig a nice wide hole so roots can grow straight out real quick, It'll outgrow anything else you can put out there. Wonderful. Good. I appreciate that. Okay. Good luck. And, Larry, put just a little clump of monkey grass around the base up to keep your lawnmower off of it. That's the quickest way you're going to kill it. Okay. Thank you. Good good luck, Larry. Appreciate it, man. Stay warm. All right. You too. Bye-bye. All righty. Now, let's go up to Lyon, Mississippi, which is uh, Clarksdale. If you're not sure where Lyon is, it's, uh, Clarksdale is the, is the southern suburb of Lyon. Hey Homer, how are you? There you go. Hey, good. Up, that, there you go, Phil. That's it. Uh, Clarksdale is a suburb of line. Um, yeah. Hey, I'm calling about a uh, couple of things. Turnips. Uh, this weather that we're having now, the temperatures with them dropping like they are dropping. I, I have yeah. got so many turnips filled. Them with, with this weather affect them yeah it, it really will you know we think of turnips to be in cold weather but really they're cool weather uh turnips and lettuces and mustards they'll take a lot of cold weather but they grow best in cool weather not summertime not wintertime so if you plant them late in the fall if we have a mild winter a lot of times they can make it you know but if we have a really hard freeze a whole bunch of them get hooked uh-huh. up they'd rather they'd rather not be out there in january it's just a, it's just a gamble that's all it is. So some may yeah, make it's it, time. but yep. Go ahead. Anyway, not, not much else we can do about that. And and even if they make it, the leaves can turn all burgundy and purple and, and that kind of stuff. So anyway, we just have to wait and see. That's all it is to it. Uh, next time, try to try to to plan so you can harvest in uh, December, early January, and then start planting again in February to have a good harvest in the spring. Well, I'm harvesting now. I mean, I got tons of these things out here. So I'm just, the weather that we're having now, it's just that's a what I was looking. 
It's okay. just a gamble. You know, you. Some, sometimes they'll make it, sometimes they won't. But, I mean, how many turnips can you eat? Well, never I, mind. I put them in Never mind. I You're cut Delta them up. Boy. <laughs> I, I cut them up and put them in the freezer. But there you go. I think they uh, Delta boy. Don't ask a Delta boy how many turnips he can eat. I'm from the Delta. One other thing. Uh, we've got some property in North Mississippi. They had some old, like, heirloom-type uh, people call them daffodils. I call them buttercups. Um, Same thing. If I just get up there with a sharpshooter and dig real deep, these things are everywhere. Yeah. Uh, I want to plant some around my house. I just take a sharpshooter and go around four sides of it, dig pretty deep, and just dig yeah, enough well, hole where I want to plant them. Well, they're, they're not going to be that deep. Uh, you know, at the most, they might be uh, three or four or five inches deep. But dig a couple of them up, and you'll get an idea how deep all of them are. It'd be best, uh, Homer, if you could, you know, if this is your property, you can go back later. It'd be best to go up there when they're blooming and put a little flag or a stick or something by the ones that you want. And then go back in the spring when the leaves die down and look for those sticks or flags and dig up whatever's around there. If you dig them up while they're blooming, they might skip a year of blooming. We're talking about 2024 before they'll bloom again. So you dig them all in bloom, try not to, 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 to divide them up, get a whole clump and move it. Or else, if you could, mark the ones you want and go back and dig them uh, when the leaves die down in the spring. They, they won't miss a beat then. They'll, they'll bloom next year, no problem. Otherwise, in other words, if you, could, if you could wait six weeks, you'll save a year. Yeah, because the other day when we went up there, the, the, they got buds on top of the blooms, you know. Yeah, uh, well, I'm just saying, they uh, make their flower bud for next year after they finish blooming. If you dig them while they're blooming, this going to interrupt their roots. And all, and it's just a sippy. It's going to be two years before they bloom. So, you know, what I would do is put a stick where you want them, cut the flowers off, put them yep. in a vase, and enjoy the flowers, and then go back and dig the bulbs later. That's what I'd do. I, I got you. Appreciate it, Phil. Y'all have a good. All righty, man. Listen, you stay. You and your turnips stay warm as you can. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. You bet. Okay, folks, we're going to take a real quick break, just a little short. We're going to come back with your phone calls. The toll-free number is one eight seven seven mpb ring I can't remember numbers, but I can remember MPB because that stands for Mississippi Public Broadcasting. And ring is what you're going to do. So one eight seven seven mpb ring We're going to come back and talk about whatever's on your gardening mind. i got other stuff we can talk about, but let's find out what's on your mind. It's a chance to talk to an expert We've got a lot of people looking over his shoulder, making sure he sort of keeps it between the ditches. We're going to take a real quick break here at Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Me and Liz and Kevin, we'll be right back with more of the Gestalt Garden and your phone calls right after this. All righty, folks, welcome back. Horticulture's fell to rushing. Uh, you got the number, and I'll repeat it. One, uh, two, <laughs> 877-MPB-RING. Or is it 887? <laughs> I can't remember. 877-672-7464. <laughs> but you got it with the MPB ring. 877-MPB ring. Thank you. Uh, Liz, uh, are you wondering what I'm wondering about a freezer full of turnips? Can you make turnip soup or uh, maybe you microwave them and put them in tinfoil and uh, keep them in your pocket while you're out in the cold? 
I don't know. It's a lot of lot of turnips, a lot of turnips. But although I will tell you this, you know, every place on earth has its comfort food. You know, I'm thinking peanut butter and uh, banana sandwiches where I'm from, you know, and, or, or mayonnaise sandwiches if you're raised poor like I was. But uh, one of the things that they do in England, if it doesn't have potatoes in it, it ain't comfort food. And I've, I've been eating bubble and squeak. You know what that is? Um, no. Left, leftover potatoes, sort of like mashed potatoes, you cook them, uh, you fry them real slow till they get almost burned, and you scramble them up so it's partly burned, partly. It's just, it's just fried mashed potatoes, and then you chop up cabbage and fry it with it. So it's cabbage and potatoes. Uh, uh, there's, a, there's a word for it they use in Ireland, too. Um, I can't remember. Cold, cold cane, cold cane. Something like that. Anyway, it's fried leftover cabbage and potatoes. And uh, don't forget, beans on toast. <laughs> Whatever it takes to get you by, huh? Hey, let's slide up to Oxford. Janice, thank you for calling. What's up? You're welcome. Thanks for taking my call. I had a really nice bed of Zinca in my front yard. It was on a hill. And it's been there for years, and, and it was doing well. Well, I had a couple of trees cut down that were in the, the bed, and yeah. the, the tree cutters kind of stomped on the vinca and killed some of it. Well, I was hoping it would fill in, and instead it filled in like almost overnight with dollar weed, which is mixed yeah. in now with the vinca. I tried to yeah. treat it with weed be gone, and it looks like it did nothing. Yeah. Well, first of all, let's make sure we're talking about the same dollar weed. Is it the one that's round and slick and the stem comes up sort of in the middle of the leaf? Yes. I okay, looked yeah. it up online and I identified yeah. it as dollar weed. Yeah. Well, it's just that, you know, there's a lot of folk things that are applied to different things. Here's the deal. Dollar weed has got a real slick leaf like Vinca, and weed killers beat up and roll off. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. what will kill dollar weed will also kill Vinca. That's just yeah. the way it is. But here's the other thing. Vinca... Uh, we're talking about the ground cover that has a kind of pretty uh, kind of purplish flowers in the springtime. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's a shade plant. It's not going to do well in the sun at all. It'll it'll do okay for a while, but it really is a shade plant uh, in, throughout most of Mississippi. A little mm-hmm. bit more sun up in north Mississippi, but, um, you know, th- there's, there's not much else I can say about that. There's no way to kill the dollar weed without killing the vinca because one will get, you know, they're similar – the weed killer can't tell them apart is what I'm saying. Right. But on on the other hand, if you think about it, dollar weed grows in with other plants. It 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 uh, grows with them, but it doesn't really take away from other plants. You could see it as sort of like a companion planting, which works a whole <laughs> lot more than anything else you can do. Not, yeah, well, it's, it's, not, it's not ugly, so, I mean, no, maybe that's a good solution. solution. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's if you know, here here's the old stoic solution. If you can't fix it, flee it or fight it, flow with it. There's 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 no way to chemically get rid of uh, really you can't even pull it up enough cuz it keeps coming back. So, mm-hmm. uh what you might want to do is take some of the vinca, you know, dig it up uh when you know where it is carefully to make sure you don't get dollar weed and put some over in a shaded area and then uh just start over something else out there. In the long run, I think you'll you'll have better success with something else in the full sun than vinca. Okay, good. Well, thank so, you so much for your help. Hey, i tell you something else you can put out there. Your tree is gone. Why not put you a big old bird bath out there and fill it with water and give something to birds? And then when you look out there, no matter what's going on, it'll look great. 
Oh, thank you. I might try that. Good luck. Thank you for your help. You bet. Bye. Okay, now slide all the way down to South Forest County to Hattiesburg. What's up, Bob? Hey, how you doing this morning? I've got a, a problem with hawth- hawthorn shrubs around the, you know, foundation plantings. Yeah. They're going, the and mine are going bare. What is yeah. what, there's some disease or insect, and what can you do about that? Yeah, there there is a pretty common disease that affects uh, Indian hawthorns, uh, a few other plant, red tip fatinia. It kills. If you'll notice, there the little round bird's eye spots on the leaves, little round spots. Right. Right. It's a pretty hard. It's a pretty hard fungus to control because every time a raindrop hits one of those spots, it splashes spores like little marbles, and they can can take root on new leaves any time of the year. A lot of disease are just springtime, but uh, this can spread any time of the year. And fungicides don't cure it. They put a protective film on it to keep the spores from sprouting, which means you'd have to spray it two or three or four times during the year. You'd have to keep spraying. Here's the approach you can try using. First of all, you can make them thicker by cutting them down uh, as low as you want. You can cut them to a foot tall if you want to, and they'll sprout back out. It's a foot, two feet tall, however you want to cut it. No leaves left on it, no twigs left on it, and that'll get almost all this fungus off the plant because it's on the leaves and twigs. And then clean right. up under them, put you some fresh mulch out there to cover up any spores that are on the ground, and the new growth will come out, and it may be disease-free. If you just get it off the plant, out from under the plant, and cover the ground up, a lot of times that, that's that's all you need to do. And if nothing else, it stimulates some real strong, healthy new growth. Um, you know that may not have the problem. Okay, that sounds good. It, sounds yeah, good. Want to, one other, one other, one other. Go ahead. Yeah, if you want to spray anyway, I would still do the pruning, the cleaning up, and all like that, and then wait till the new growth comes out and spray it. Because again, the fungicides are like a like a raincoat; they're protective film. They're not right. a cure. Okay, one other quick one. I got a hibiscus, one of those things I bought at a garden center. It yeah. bloomed all summer long. It's one of those ones with a twisted uh, twisted. Um, um, yeah, they 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 trunks, they, I guess. They, yeah, they and and that together. thing, the first cold, first cold weather hit it, made it go brown. Is that going to come back? Will those come back, or is that shot because of the cold weather? Cold weather, even on the coast, in a really protected place, they sometimes come back on the coast. Matter of fact, they often come back on the coast if we have a, a mild winter. But uh, they're extremely sensitive to to, to even frost, but freeze uh-huh. absolutely. So if you want to keep those, you have to cut them back, put them in pot, bring them in over the winter, put them back out in the spring. Strictly tropical. Okay. Do you, well, you think? Yeah, I got other another variety of hibiscus in, in, in another place in the ground. It does well. It goes right through any kind of cold weather. But this thing. Yeah, there's also hibiscus is a big family. It includes cotton. And, uh, and okra, right. they're in the hibiscus family. And althea, the old Rose of Sharon, the big shrub, it's a terrific, right. it, it, it's cold hardy in Canada. And we also have uh, hibiscus that die down in the winter and come back up. But the one you're talking about with the real slick leaves and the big, pretty tropical flowers, uh, that's a, right. a, a Chinese hibiscus, and it won't take any cold at all. Okay, I'm going to cut it back and bring it in and just see what happens. Just move in the garage and keep it out of the freezing weather and see what happens yeah. in the spring. Well, yeah, try this. Scr- right. yeah, scratch, on, scratch on the bark with your thumb, and if it's bright green under the bark, 
that part of it's still alive. So if you can, can scratch on you you can cut it back to a foot, two feet, three feet tall to just a stick, and it'll sprout back out. See, so, so scratch on the bark. is bright green on the bark. you got a chance. All right. Thank you very much, Felder. Okay. Good luck on it. All right. All righty, folks. We're going to take a little bit of a break. You know, this with this music outside, here, here's a, a different way of looking at this cold weather. Instead of it being cold and your heater's running really hard and keeping it cold, imagine that it's really hot outside. Close your eyes. Imagine it's really hot outside, and your air conditioner has got it just a little on the cool side indoors. But it's really, really hot outside. With that in mind, i got two minutes of calm music that might help you get through the next two, two minutes of stuff of thinking about warm weather. I'm Horticulture Stella Rushing, Liz Gill. Kevin Farrell, the other folks at MPB. We're going to take a break and come out with your live phone calls after two minutes of calm, warm music. Okie dokie, folks. Welcome back. Got the phones wide open. You got something on your gardening mind? Give us a call. It's toll free. one mpb ring By the way, I've just been looking on the, uh, the uh, Facebook page for Mississippi Gardening. There's all sorts of gardening sites out there. There's one on Raised, raised Bed Gardening in Mississippi. There's uh, fun, fun Mushrooms of Mississippi. There's all sorts of great websites. But Mississippi Gardening is an amateur site. Amateur means to love. People who just love gardening like to share pictures of what they got. Sometimes they have questions. What is this? Uh, how? What's wrong with this? But uh, anyway, I was just on at Mississippi Gardening 
Facebook, if you're old enough to know what Facebook is and not young enough to sneer at us, give it a try sometime. We're going to be talking about gardening. Felder, on Facebook, uh, the MPB Online Facebook page, they've been running some of your cute little videos that you prepared. What? What little videos? Oh, there's one you talking about a a, a spade and uh, uh, the different little ones that you, little one minute things that you filmed. Lots of great information in oh, one little minute bites. I forgot about that. They came over the yard one time and we just walked around and I just did little short things. I forgot about that. Tell me. Tell there's me one of you it. laying down in the grass, <laughs> looking at uh, talking about that the length name. of the grass. They're they're really cute. Okay, and I forgot about it. Tell me about it. So it's on MPB what? Uh, if you, it, I think they, they, they tweet them maybe also, but they're also on MPB Online. That's the name of the Facebook page. And a number of our shows have just a little, little quick tips. The Fix It 101 guys have talked about different types of wrenches or ways to hammer something. And you've got a couple of little garden tips. They're, they're just great ways to bonus land yap information from some of our great hosts. Okay, well, I just went on. I, mean, I didn't know about this. So anyway, I'm checking out myself. There is there is some cheesy, I mean, excuse me, some really serious things on there. <laughs> well, thank you for that. But uh, we don't have any phone calls right now, so I'm hoping folks uh, feel like getting up. You know, if you're old enough to dial or punch the numbers, one eight seven seven mpb ring and let's talk about gardening. That <laughs> gentleman was talking about his hibiscus. You know, while it's uh, lovely to have plants out in the yard we have a number of things in pots at our house and the the hibiscus it's we we brought it inside oh maybe around christmas or something that had to been after christmas but uh we you know keep it in the window and it still brings out some lovely lovely big red blossoms that we get to enjoy inside but uh then we kick it outside (laughs) we kick it out to the curb once it gets a little warmer I bet it dropped a bunch of leaves on the floor, too, though, didn't it? Well, it's in a big enough pot, and we have a yeah. ficus tree in the house, and it it drops a bunch of leaves. Yeah. So we just kind of, yeah. you know, p- pick them up as we go. Yeah, that's just part of it. Uh, you know, hibiscus and uh, weeping fig, they're really bad about when you – their leaves, when they form leaves, those leaves get used to the conditions that they matured in. And if they're, if they're used to outdoors – when you bring them indoors, they're not efficient anymore, and the plant sheds them. They turn bright yellow, and they fall off. But the plant puts on new leaves that are better for indoors. And then when you take those plants back outdoors, the indoor leaves shed, and the plants put on new. So usually when I bring in those plants for the fall and put them back out in spring, I just cut them back. That way I can you know, pick everything up easier and let them put out all new growth. So anyway, I did, I just went to the MPB online. So it's, it's, you have to do MPB online and Facebook or something like that. And I found a picture of me talking about some cheesy stuff in my yard. I'm impressed with what y'all did. 
Well, yeah, yeah, it's just a, a nice way to get a little bit of uh, extra catch folks where they happen to be. But, Felder, I guess my house isn't very tight because <laughs> maybe we get a lot of cool draft from uh, the, the window because we haven't really lost a lot of leaves or turned yellow on our, our hibiscus. Uh, we must uh, – it it's, must be more of an indoor-outdoor. But uh, we, we've got quite a few calls call it, called in, but we still have an open line at – one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. We've got John from Clinton. When you're ready for him. Well, before we go there, let me just say, yuck! I just saw a thing on the MPB Facebook about from the uh, the uh, Southern Remedy about foot fungus. I, I didn't want to see that. <laughs> well, you know, you've got you talk about fungus, and they talk yeah, about yeah, fungus. Yeah, yeah. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Okay, let's slide over to Clinton and talk with John. Quick, John, change the subject. What's up? <laughs> well, I hate to follow a foot fungus, but <laughs> the, uh, I got a couple are. of questions for you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I got a couple of questions. I've, I've got a little black pepper plant that I picked up a couple of months ago, and it was doing okay, and I've got it indoors now because the, they can't stand cold. But now it just seems to be – uh, well, dying, uh, and I was wondering. I mean, I know it's a tropical plant and everything. And do those guys die off like during a dormant period or anything? Or I mean, it's just doing something well, wrong. I mean, I got it. Uh, I got a grow light on it and stuff. But it 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 can be both. And this is a little ornamental pepper. Is the one called the pearl with little shiny round black peppers? Of, uh, I guess so. Yes. Is it a pepper plant or what we call like the spice pepper, which I don't know about. I, I think this is the spice pepper. It's supposed to put out the little yeah. berries that you dry and ground up into black pepper. Okay. I don't know anything about those. But I, I oh. would say, I, other than the fact that they are tropical, here's something you can do. Almost all of these kind of plants can be pruned back, which takes an uh-huh. immediate stress. You know, what, see, these plants have been grown in greenhouses or outdoors in, in a bright light of humidity. And when you bring them in, Everything changes, the temperature, the humidity, the light, also the watering. They don't need watering as much indoors. Well, you can save plants like that by pruning them back. Don't keep them wet. Just only wet, you know, water them when they get dry and put them where they, where they can get as much sun or as close to the grow light as you can. But a lot of times pruning a, an ailing plant back will will jumpstart strong new growth, and it'll take the immediate stress off the plant. The main thing is try not to overwater it because that will rot the roots. Ah, okay. I, and also, also I wonder, 70 degrees is, is cold for these plants. You know, what we yeah. like our house is really cool. Make sure it's not in a heater draft, which dries it out. Warm as possible, as much light as possible, and just try not to keep it wet. Let's see what happens. And I'm curious to find out how it does. So let me know. <laughs> I, hopefully it'll still hang in there. But uh, I also wanted to ask you, uh, I've got some, uh, like, apple trees and stuff outside. And uh, I remember last week you had a question about the chill hours and that sort of thing. Yeah. And yeah. I was curious. They seem to track, like, two types of chill hours. There's, like, below 45 degrees, and then there's between 45 and 32. And I was wondering if you had an opinion on which one is more accurate or does it make any difference? Well, or, well, well yeah, it's not my opinion. They're both right. Chilling hours is below 45 and above 32, between 32 and 45. Those are the chill hours. Okay. okay. So, so yeah, they're, this is... they're both correct. Um, hmm. Okay. Well, like uh, I was looking on this uh, this website that tracks chill hours put out by Mississippi State, uh, MSU right. Cares or something like that, right. and right. they have two two different 
numbers. You know, they have just everything below 45 degrees, and then there's the 45 to 32 range, which I guess you well, know, sub freezing. That's, they don't, that's they don't chill out. That. Yeah, the the 45, roughly 45 to roughly 32. That's chill hours. When it gets below 32, uh, the, the plants stop counting those those hours. It's a freeze <laughs> thing. So it's above freezing or below about 45. So that's the, that's the real that's the ones where plant sale time. Okay. All right. Well, I sure thank you. I'll, if I have any uh, updates on the black pepper plant, I'll let you know. <laughs> please, please do. If you ever make any peppers, let's have a pepper party. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Okay. All right. Thanks, John. man. Which reminds me, there's a, uh, one of my favorite entertainers. It, you either like him or don't. It's a, a clown named Puddle's Pity Party. I don't know if you've ever heard, heard, that's, heard of that's him. That's a it's, new one for me. Puddle's Piddle Party. Puddle's Pity Party. He does a uh, he does the you know the Johnny Cash song. Uh, what well, he he does mix up. Of a, he's a little on the dark side. But anyway, anyway, let's go let's go to to talk to Jim over in Jack. No, no, Carissa from Jackson. Hey, Carissa. Hello. Hello. Howdy. What's up? Hello. Can you hear me? Yep. Can you hear me? Hello. Hello, can you hear me all right? No. Oh. We're going to have to see if uh, – we'll put Carissa on hold and see if uh, uh, we can get her back. Let's do uh, Jim from Jackson, then we'll take a break. Okay. Hey, Jim, good morning, sir. All right. I've had bad luck with satsuma trees. They'll grow fine for two years, and we get that hard freeze that comes along, and the last one killed it back all the way. Is it possible to grow a satsuma in this area? in a container and bring it inside when it gets cold. Yeah, yeah, that's the only way to grow citrus in central Mississippi is in containers. And if you keep them pruned, you know, small like like a bonsai, like, like shrubs instead of trees, as long as you bring them in, if it's going to be below about 45 or 50, I'd bring it in, but put it back out whenever it's, you know, they, they need as much sunshine and humidity as they can get. They just don't like, you know, below 40. And when it freezes, they die. Uh, what size pot would I have to have? How, how 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 big a pot do you want to drag? <laughs> okay. Uh, if, if, if I would I would you know something like a satsuma. Keep in mind satsumas are trees, and you're trying to keep it in a pot. If you can put your arms all the way around it, it's probably about as small as you can get. You know, it, uh, something you can put your arms around would be the smallest pot I'd put it in. But keep in mind you're gonna have to prune it to keep it where it can fit inside, or else. It wants to be a tree that, that you know, almost like a dogwood tree. They, you know, they make good sized trees out in the, in Florida. But anyway, put as big a pot as you can drag in and out, and prune it to make it to keep it compact. Thank you, Felder. All right, appreciate it. Good to hear from you. Okay, now we're gonna take a real quick break and come back and see if we can talk to Carissa. I love that she said. I said, "Can you hear me?" And she said, "Nope." <laughs> okay, shut up, Felder. Go to a break. Let's take a look. I'm horticulturist Felder Rushing, Liz and Kevin. <laughs> you know, I've never been trained in radio. I'm a garden guy. And when it comes to pushing buttons and knowing what to say and how to say it and, you know, have their radio voice and all, I just don't do all that stuff. So let's take a break and come back and see if we can talk to Carissa. And we've got plenty of time to take some more calls if you want to give us a call. Toll free one eight seven seven mpb ring We'll give you a real quick tip if you have problems with weeds in your lawn in March and April. As soon as we get some warm weather and 
this month or next, if you want to spray for weeds, January or February on a warm day is the time to control them. Otherwise, just let them go. Let the honeybees and butterflies have something to enjoy too. We'll be right back more on the Gestalt Gardener here at MTB right after this. Deep South Dining is the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. From fried chicken and collard greens to shrimp and grits and a glass of sweet tea. Subscribe now to the podcast using any podcast app or download our MPB public media app. This is Jim Dees, host of Thacker Mountain Radio, inviting you to join us every Saturday night at 7 p.m. where we'll feature the best in literature and music. We're inviting you to reach out and put your hands on the radio Saturdays at 7 p.m. Thacker Mountain Radio on MPB Think Radio. You're listening to an encore presentation on MPB Think Radio. We're not able to take your call right now, but you can always reach us through email. The address is garden at mpbonline.org. This is Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Think Radio. Okie dokie, folks. Welcome back. Horticulture spell the rushing. Hey, Liz, did we ever get Carissa online? Yeah, she is ready and waiting for us. All righty. Well, let's do this, folks. And the number is toll-free, 1-877-MPB-RING. Hey, Carissa, thank you for hanging in there. Hey, can you hear me? Yep. How about you? Oh, okay. I can hear you this time. Hey, uh, thanks for your show, Felder. Um, So first, before I forget, before I have my question, I... I sent you an email, maybe just, I, I looked, and it was on December 8th, and I just want to tell you, because um, I think it must have gotten lost or something, I I, um, I sent, like, that email, and even a follow-up email, because I have too many plants, so. Yeah, yeah. Um, did, did, did you get the email I sent you this morning? Ooh, no, okay, good, <laughs> okay, great, because I, yeah, because I did a different <laughs> method yesterday. Okay, okay, well, great. Well, thank you. Okay. <laughs> thank you, thank you. You can tell you called me because I just woke up before this show, so I haven't even okay. checked my email. So my, question, email. my main question is about um, me and my husband have been hired to start a garden um, at our neighbors in Fondren, and um, what most of their plants that they want are, I think, that I've looked up, are going to be spring-planted plants. So that's our plan, but then the one that seems to be different is the is one called anemone blonda. Yep. Uh, so I wanted to ask about if you know if I plant all their stuff they want in spring, um, what, when, and what should I do with the anemone blonda, or how and how even should I get it? Because I don't even know how to get all of the plants. Well, you know, and, and keep in mind what people want you to plant may not be in their best interest. For you to plant, a lot of people uh-huh. have a wish list. Uh-huh. I mean, keep in mind, keep in mind, I garden in Mississippi and in England. And anemones are just, you know, they're coming up. They're beginning to bloom here now. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, uh, but there's a lot of plants that need to be planted in the fall. But it, you know, as soon as yeah. you can get them. So what I would do is, if you've got a good list, I would plant what you can, and uh, shoot me an, e- uh, an email and answer the one I sent you this morning with a mm-hmm. list of the. Plants that they want, mm-hmm. and it will mm-hmm. be which ones are likely to be to, to do well in the fall in the spring. Uh, in yeah. general, 
painter plant can be set out any time. But if it's a perennial, uh, one of the problems is a lot of plants that are perennial will do well over the winter for us, but over the summer in other places like England. Mm-hmm. You know, for example, they grow they grow snapdragons and pansies and violas all summer long in England and mm-hmm. snapdragons. And we grow snapdragons and those other things in the winter. See, so mm-hmm. if, they, if they're saying anemone blanda, it tells me they're pulling stuff out of a magazine someplace that may be a little tricky. But you, know, uh-huh. you can get the, you can get the little corn. I don't remember if they're corns. They're not bulbs. They're some kind of weird little bulb-like thing. Mm-hmm. But I believe you can plant those in the spring. I just got to look it up. I got gotcha. you. Okay, that'll be great. Okay, hang in there. And uh, okay, let's, let's, so. let's, let's, let's get together over coffee about it and talk about it when I get back. Okay, that sounds good. And I'll email okay. you right back. Great, thanks. Okay, thanks. Anemone blonda. I don't remember if it blooms in the fall plant and blooms in the spring. I just don't remember. You know, after a while, the plants kind of run together. But uh, I can look it up real quick. Anyway, give us a call. we got some lines open. Toll-free, mpb ring and we'll talk with you about what's on your gardening mind. Uh, obviously, even though I've written a whole bunch of books, I can't remember a lot of stuff that that, that, that I used to know, partly because I'm old and partly because I just can't remember stuff like that. That book but that I you just wrote uh, with uh, about Dr. Dirt, that was a, a fantastic one. Uh, talking about the book? Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, and, and, and matter of fact, your husband, Craig, who's uh, – what's his title over at, at uh, Mississippi uh, – uh, University of Princeton, Mississippi. He's the director. He, yeah, he's the director there. Yeah. Uh, one of the, the fellows that I wrote about in this book, Maverick Gardeners, it's about people who do their own thing. Uh, a lot of times they're considered a little weird, but the truth is they're excellent gardeners. They just color outside the lines. Anyway, one of the best ones that I wrote about, uh, a fellow named Jesse has a, uh, a gorilla garden on a corner in Jackson. He just had to move. And he had master gardens come over and dig up his garden. So it was there, beautiful garden. Now it's gone like it was never there. And that's, that's what happens with gardens is uh, they're ephemeral things. So anyway, Maverick Garden is doing quite well, and I appreciate that. Um, one of the things, folks, that, that a lot of people are thinking about doing is starting seeds for springtime. A lot of people want to get started, and they start this month. It might be a little early, but this is a good time to think about starting. If you want to start seeds to plant, to set out plants when it gets warm, keep in mind it doesn't get warm until April here. In Mississippi, the temperatures are fine in February, I mean, excuse me, in March, but the soil is still cold until April. So most of the time it's better to time your things to plant at the end of March or better yet the first part of April, which means another couple of weeks before you start uh, planting those things. Uh, it takes six, seven weeks to, to get seedlings started, ready to set out. They like warmth. They like bright light. They like real humidity. So if you can, set them outside on pretty days uh, in January, February. Let them get sturdy and stocky and only bring them in if it's going to get really, really cold. Now let's go down to Hattiesburg and talk with Lisa. Hey, Lisa, thank you for calling. Good morning. We have some daylilies that, for the first time last year, produced some type of a little seed. It looks like, you know, a really big kernel of corn that's white. Yeah, yeah. Um, how do I plant those? Well, now, usually the daylily seeds, when they're ripe, they turn, they get, they get dark colored. Um, oh, yes, yes. 
Yeah, yeah, okay, That's okay. Right. I'm when, sorry. When, I, was talk, I was talking about, uh, thinking about a different lily, but talking about my day lilies. I've got seeds for both of them. One is one of those real big, old-fashioned, looks like candy stripe things. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. Well, to answer your question, you know, you can plant those things as soon as you're is are ripe, but you have to kind of protect them over the winter time. What I would do is another a oh, couple three weeks or so, start them in some small pots and keep them as warm as you can, and they should sprout before spring. But the the, the thing to keep in mind is warm and indoors, uh, seventy degrees is not warm to a seed. So anyway, what, what I would do is is uh, plant them as soon as you can in some moist potting soil, not wet. Maybe cover it with a little clear plastic food wrap to keep the humidity high and slide it up on top of the refrigerator where it's nice and warm. And then as soon as they sprout, see if you can slide them out in the sunshine every pretty day that's out there. That help? Oops, must have. I hope she got all that. <laughs> anyway, I'm Horticulture Spiller Rusty. Thank you, Liz. Thank you, Kevin. Thanks to all the folks at MPB for making this little garden party possible. Uh, if you have questions during the week, uh, you want to uh, uh, get in touch with me, go to my blog, felderrushing.blog. It has little things that email me. Otherwise, maybe I'll see you on the Mississippi Gardening Facebook page and go to MPB Online Facebook and look at some of the little snippets we got there. If you get a chance, take a kid to a garden center. They got stuff ready to go. Little things, a pot with some pansies or violas or a daffodil bulb. Take kids and show them how to do what we do best, and that's get dirty. See y'all next week, same time, same place, right here on Mississippi Public Broadcasting. And the way.